Yeah, and Madonna's an amazing person. I love her style and her attitude, but we just live completely different styles of life. And so for me, it's like when I sign up for Madonna for a million dollars in the year, I actually lose every other opportunity in my life. So if Discovery Channel calls and says, says they want a show and that I get to do whatever I want for a week and fly out, to, I lose that. For one opportunity fading, it's not that there's no other opportunity in my life. It's just that like I had so much opportunity that that opportunity wasn't in my top 10. So, so, so it's like, so that's the whole thing is like, it's not saying that I don't appreciate honor or even understand the epicness that I could have had with Madonna. It's that I wonder what she would think if she spent a year of her life with me. And welcome back to the Venture Mentality Podcast, everybody. Today, I had the opportunity to sit down with Andy Lewis. Andy is a professional slackliner, base jumper, and skydiver who does just about pretty much anything extreme. He does it on a very high level. Andy performed at the 2012 Super Bowl halftime show with Madonna, was featured on the Conan Show, and has many other impressive accomplishments. Andy is arguably one of the most interesting people that I've had the fortune of interviewing. With that being said, let's get right into the interview. All right, guys. Welcome back to the Venture Mentality Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob O'Connor. Today joining us is Andy Lewis. Andy is a pro slackliner and base jumper who performed with Madonna in the 2012 Super Bowl halftime show and went on Conan and has been featured in many other cool places. How are you doing, Andy? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great as well, Andy. And um, right off the bat, one of the things that I want to hit on is obviously you've had this remarkable career, really cool experiences that we're going to get into, but you have the nickname Sketchy Andy. Where did this come from? Uh, the idea of Sketchy Andy just came from my character um, online that kind of posts about reckless disregard for uh, basically anything, really, uh, himself or social norms or uh, any kind of preconceived dispositions. Have you always been like this where you want to challenge societal norms and, and kind of think outside the box or is this something that you picked up and learned from someone or where did that come from? I think that uh, just throughout society as uh, thinkers and writers and uh, artists and philosophers as everybody kind of continues to develop I think uh, it's hard to say that we're alone in any of the things that we do so I would say I was definitely influenced by other thinkers who challenged uh, societal norms. Yeah. That's awesome, man. And I know that you have a very interesting day to day today. And in fact, as we're talking right now, I know you're packing up parachutes, but what does your typical day to day look like? Uh, my day to day is actually pretty, uh, full. I wake up and I, am either cleaning up or working on a project or planning with people or um, have prepared for that day already. So um, I like to just use my days effectively, even if it is a rest day. So if I'm resting, I like to really rest and like put on Netflix and just zone out. So I'd say I'm kind of an extremist in that sense. I like to have an either days of extreme productivity 
and adventure and other days where I just want to be kind of alone and in my own bubble and listen to audiobooks and stretch and do things like that. So very kind of exaggerated outward energy and exaggerated inward energy. With anyone who becomes, you know, very good at a skill as you have, um, I think that burnout is something that a lot of people run into. Has your kind of active rest days or your ability to kind of just shut down at times, does that help you to recharge and keep that same energy? Or do you think that in the beginning you were more ambitious and now you're slowly starting to kind of maybe step away from the sport? I mean, in terms of just slacklining, I would say that I definitely still highline every week or even more. I'm still doing projects. I'm still practicing pre-solo and creating content. So I'm definitely more active than I've ever really been in terms of adventure because I'm also doing the base jumping and the skydiving and paragliding and writing music and things like that. So um, I'm not competitively trick lining anymore, but I am definitely 100% still going hard every day. But if someone asks you what you do for a job, what is your answer? Um, my answer is that I usually say that I'm a slackliner, base jumper kind of risk manager in terms of media creation. So a lot of my job has to do with uh, capturing like the beauty of it and the reason why. So usually I just um, tell people that I'm a media consultant because uh, I usually help out with stunts, coordination, safety, and uh, think tanking, things like that. For those that don't know, what is slacklining? Um, slacklining is just, the idea is, is to walk across a piece of one-inch webbing. So you literally, it's like you take off your belt and imagine your belt is about 100 feet long. And then you tie that around some trees. And it makes basically a, a walkway that's one inch wide above the ground and it's kind of shaky. And it's a cool thing because it trains evolutionary balance that we've kind of lost as humans. So it also not only allows you to regain this access to this lost balance of being able to balance in two, uh, two dimensions rather than three, where like if you were to stand on the slack line and have a walking stick that your hand can hold on to, most people can balance on the slack line immediately. But it also taps you into like not only being able to not have to have that stick to balance, but it also gives you the metaphor of slack lining, which is one step at a time. Your goal is at the end of the line, but you have to focus in the moment to get to that end goal. Uh, sometimes the line can look intimidating, but if you don't try, you can never succeed if you fail you have to get back up and try again these metaphors of like moving meditation and focusness and presence in the moment are all things you can learn any other activity with when you're on that slack line and it, as i've seen you do in your videos and I'll, I'll put a link in here for you guys i see you you know doing flips bouncing around things like that if you lose your focus for a single second i'm sure that you would just fall off and possibly hurt yourself so how are you able to get yourself to a place where you're just so far in the moment and that every step and every movement is so calculated how do you get yourself to that place and that mindset i mean it's basically the the mind the concept is flow state so anybody can access flow state by having a challenge that is at or right above the skill level that they have and so 
if you're learning something relatively new, you can have a simple challenge of like just riding a bike that will get you into this position where you're trying to uh, balance on the bike, you're trying to balance forward movement and all the skills that you have, you haven't yet developed it to where your heart's racing, but it's also fun. So the idea of entering flow state is matching your skill level to your challenge level while you're trying to learn, but the make or break part is having fun while you're doing it. So I'm really good at like turning things into a game. And that's where I think that part of my success came through was turning training into a game and turning the struggle of the challenge into the purpose. Right, because you're able to take away that, that pressure and make it more of, hey, I, I challenge myself to do this rather than I need to do this otherwise and I won't make money, I won't get this job, you know, et cetera. Yeah, the idea is, is that if you do what you want, you're already doing what you want. And if you can diversify your skill set and broaden your range of how you can help other people through your skill set, all of a sudden, you're not really having to decide between work and money because you are doing what you love and money comes with it. So that's kind of where I had to diversify my skill sets is I couldn't just make money slacklining. I had to help people while slacklining. So if I could teach other people how to slackline or if I could make a show where they could invite people and they can sell drinks and movie tickets and have people come for inspiration and watching other people's movies or if you can work it into where people want to pay money to see a show be inspired by movies and have a couple of drinks then everybody has the ability to kind of make money through something they love so if you can kind of be creative which is part of the reason why i love these sports is because it forces you to be creative that then is a metaphor for life again if you can think more creatively on how to make just enough money to where you, how many needs do you have? I don't need a million dollar house. So how much money do I actually need? And if you can kind of lay it out, lay it out into practical purposes, you could really choose to prioritize your life efficiently. I love that connection and the metaphor that you're able to bring back to life there. And, you know, as we're looking at the things you do, slacklining, base jumping, skydiving, these are all pretty much, they're all extreme sports. How did you even get into this? Well, I think that people kind of look at the extreme side of things, but I also like mountain bike and like fish and I, I go surfing and I lay on the beach and I like, I also play guitar. And I think that things that are extreme are just similar as learning things that are not extreme. So I think that like, it just takes, the, the skill of actually learning things isn't whether or not it's extreme or not. It's just that when you do learn extreme things, you have such a focus on the consequence that you get a better focus when things aren't consequential. So for me to go and learn plumbing, I can have the focus to learn that skill from someone relatively easily and even be able to plumb on the side of a building where maybe the plumber doesn't even have that skill, but now I have diversified skills and plumbing. So it's more that Slackline taught me how to learn as a metaphor, but it also taught me how to learn human traits. So like empathy 
uh, community, communication. So when you get on the line, the line is a reflection of your emotions and breathing helps you overcome fear. It helps you focus. It helps you relax. And so if you can transfer the breathing techniques that you learn from slacklining into everyday life, when you're stressed or angry or emotional, all of a sudden slacklining is not only helping the physical and mental side of you being a better person, but it's helping you with the physical, emotional, spiritual, and mental side of being just a better person and being more balanced in your life. Right. I was going to say that the sports that um, you're most known for, I think the reason people don't get into them is because they, the fear and the risk that are associated with it. But did you start off with slacklining and then move to base jumping and skydiving or what did that progression look like? Um, it started really with just Boy Scouts and skiing and caving and just being able to go out and experience all sorts of skills and then rock climbing and adventure courses and ropes courses where you're learning how to rappel and doing the giant ladder and swings like that. And that stuff just led me to rock climbing and bouldering and that led me to slacklining and then they both kind of complemented each other where I was learning rock climbing gear and slacklining gear and rigging and walking and climbing and adventure and all of it kind of was uh, a cumulative journey. So how do you go from Boy Scouts slowly progressing into these sports? How do you go from that to performing at the halftime of the Super Bowl in 2012? Um, well, I just started doing it every day and I got onto the line and I was like, okay, I've been doing this for a year now. I want to every day for the next year get on the line the first thing i do is something new and so i wanted new transitions to develop new tricks and it was just a challenge to myself to like whatever you can do off the line you can do on the line and that was the thing juggling and tricks and chairs and uh fire and all of the stuff and i think that creativity basically started what was competition trick lining and so you and your friends get together and who can land the most tricks in the coolest style with the biggest area and the different things. And that turned into world competitions where the people who we met online through forums and videos and things, we lined up competitions where everyone would meet and then the tricks would evolve. And slowly that caught the attention of performances for uh, basketball games and theater and things like that. But uh, Madonna took basically a liking to the visual aspect of slacklining. And one of her talent scouts found me at a contest and uh, I just came and then started doing a little bit of choreography and storytelling with Madonna. And then that was um, part of her show. So it's just this stair step method where the more skills that you have, the more skills you can learn and the more that you can kind of put your energy out there, but you can't be afraid to put it out there because you have to be able to like look dumb and be embarrassed by failing and things like that to even get the opportunity of somebody else's attention like Madonna, who is outstandingly diehard, creative, and um, inspiring. Right, and when you say that you can't be afraid to, to fail, I mean, you were on the ultimate platform there. I, with how many people watching the halftime show, it's, it's millions. Did you, in that moment, were you feeling nervous, anxious, your typical emotions, or were you in a state of calm and already in that state of flow? Well, it's not as scary as like, free solo highlining where you're looking at death so performing for me was like i think that's why madonna liked me is because i was already used to high stress environments so i was definitely stressed out and wanted to be on time and had personal expectations but i also planned it so that i was slacklining at like a 30 percent at my level so it was show style 
more about the timing and the, the style of the show, the story than the slack lining. So um, I was actually, I would just say focused. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I believe I read somewhere that she, Madonna asked you to go on tour with her after this. Did that, that happen? Yeah, Madonna wanted me to go on tour and to sing music and to do all this stuff. And I just, I knew it would change my everyday life. So I basically needed to talk with her and be like, hey, I need to either be really financially set from this or if like I'm not going to be, it's really, it can't possibly be worth it to me to like uproot my life. Because I was thinking that if I was to make a million dollars in a year, it might be worth it for me to just take a break from my lifestyle for one year to see where it goes. But it's like, I couldn't possibly do less than that. And so we basically had this back and forth about the future and what it will hold and all this stuff. But the, but I really want to stress how important it is for people to enjoy now. And so that's the whole thing that I was telling Madonna is that for me, it's all about now. I want to wake up today and do what I want to dream today. I want to, I want to taste the air and feel my dreams come alive today. Um, it's not that I'm not a patient person because patience is part of dreaming, but I also, if I have the option to go live my exact life, how I want to right now, that's where I'm going to go regardless of if it's money making or not. So that's kind of the thing is that to be able to travel, to be able to slackline and base jump, to be able to perform in front of people, to have a like a family and enough money to be happy. I had it before Madonna. I don't need more. I, I'm not like that. So if I was to do it, then I would really need a ridiculous amount of money. And she didn't want to pay it. And I knew she didn't, but that was kind of like my point. I think a lot of people would look at the opportunity that you had and they'd say that, you know, you passed up on something and they probably think that you'd regret it. But from talking with you, it's evident that you have such a minimalistic perspective. And I love the fact that you're able to say, why would I want to take this year um, to do this with her? That it's something that I might not necessarily want to do just to make a little bit more money. When I don't really need the money, I'm already living the life that I want to have at this moment. I think a lot of people would have just been awestruck by the fact that it's Madonna, you're going to be in her company and you're going to be making money. Whereas you said, I'm already living my dream life. I don't need to make it any different. Yeah. And Madonna's an amazing person. And I love her style and her attitude, but we just live completely different styles of life. And so for me, it's like when I sign up for Madonna for a million dollars in the year, I actually lose every other opportunity in my life. So if Discovery Channel calls and says, says they want a show and that I get to do whatever I want for a week and fly out, to, I lose that. Or if I get a call for a bachelor party of like 100 people who want an all tandem base jump, I lose that. Or if I like, so for one opportunity fading, it's not that there's no other opportunity in my life. It's just that like I had so much opportunity that that opportunity wasn't in my top 10. So, so, so it's like, so that's the whole thing is like, it's not saying that I don't appreciate honor or even understand the epicness that I could have had with Madonna. It's that 
I wonder what she would think if she spent a year of her life with me. <laughs> wow, that, that is fascinating. So I, I can't wait to ask this question because your answer, I'm sure, is just going to be amazing. But for the people listening that are living life right now and they're just kind of going through the motions, they're not waking up as excited as you are. And they're not looking at their life like you are and thinking, man, I have all these opportunities. Everything is going so well. Um, every day is a blessing. What advice would you offer to that person who's living just the opposite life you are? Um, I would say that it's, it's something that has been a question surrounding this topic for years and years. And I think that uh, Seneca and Epictetus, these um, philosophers uh, from Rome, said it best when they said that time, it's not that we do not have a lot of time it's that we waste a lot of the time that we do have and so it basically is this thing that says that also if you are old it does not mean that you've lived widely it just means that you've lived long and so the idea of that is that time itself is not linear people have thousands of thoughts per second you can literally like, if I say, think of all the best presents that you've ever gotten. You can think of like 30 of them, but to really look at them, you have to look at them one at a time. So it takes, you have to like really imagine it. And so when I look at people who ask, how do you find purpose? Because purpose is what makes time nonlinear. People who have no purpose in life, and that's not like, I'm saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that some people haven't been gifted or haven't been lucky enough to find purpose yet. And sometimes it's not by being outgoing enough. Sometimes it's lack of opportunity. Sometimes it's lack of having basic needs in their life. People need food and water and shelter and, and family before they can really actually self-actualize and figure out where they're going in terms of purpose. But time drags people along. Time is arduous. If you don't actually have something to take up the time so in terms of what are people what is the first thing people can do to find purpose i would say that usually go get off the phone is what i'd say but in a time where we're in a pandemic in the u.s and there's not really social gatherings and things like this you actually need to turn to technology to learn new skills i would say try to find some things that you have always wanted to do but haven't done and commit a certain amount of money to just learning the Rubik's cube or like <laughs> playing Frisbee or learning a musical instrument. And if you try to put your energy somewhere other than taking in content where you're like watching a movie or watching TV or listening to an audiobook, I would say the number one step to do is try to create your own energy, try to learn to juggle, try to stretch, try to take, energy and put energy into yourself rather than absorbing other people's energy. I love, I love that Andy. That, that was great. And I hope that I think that's really going to resonate with a lot of people listening here. And as we start to wrap things up, first, I want to ask you, where can people find you online if they want to connect or learn more? Um, the easiest place to find me is at base jump Moab. Now I run a tandem base jumping business as well as a, as slack life incorporated, which is a rigging business out, out of Moab, Utah. 
So if you want to find me, you can go to BassJumpMoab.com or on Instagram at BassJumpMoab or on Google at BassJumpMoab. <laughs> but yeah, you can also uh, find me on YouTube at Mr. Slackline as my YouTube channel. And um, yeah, that's pretty much the easiest place to find me. Easy enough. I'll have a link in the description for you guys so you can swipe up, click it, check them out. So as we finish this, I've got one last question for you, Andy, but first a little bit of background. So when you die, the only thing that matters is the difference that you made and the impact that you had. With that being said, what difference or what impact are you looking to make? I would love for people to understand that the struggle in life is the purpose. However, if you can make that struggle fun by just switching your perspective, that's what life is about. It's finding fun in everyday life because life overall takes energy. It takes time. It takes balance, just like walking on the slack line. And so that's what I'd like to say. Try to make things fun. Everybody laugh and uh, laugh at yourself. That's the biggest thing. Don't take yourself too seriously. 